You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we talk about the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On today's episode, we're going to be looking at the last week of spiritual gifts, and that's the gifts of serving, which are apostleship, evangelism, and serving. Um, So with these last three gifts that we're going to be looking at, um, I'm excited to to be finishing up, um, but also I'm just glad where God has put us with these spiritual gifts. I'm glad God gives us these spiritual gifts because I think just by talking about them and, and looking at them, we get a better perspective of just how close God cares about his church. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. It's It's been good to, to dig into these gifts deeper. And I know for us, it's been nice. It's been about a week, but hopefully for the listeners, it's been good because they've been listening to us talk about it for probably <laughs> about a month, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty close. So we're hoping that you are excited, but also ready to be moving on to a new topic as well. Um, so we'll go ahead and move uh, forward with these last three gifts, and, and we'll look at the gift of evangelism. Ben, can you tell us a little bit about evangelism? Yeah, evangelism is a good gift. It is a, a strong gift to have because we are all called to evangelize. We're all called to go forth and make disciples and, and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in, in the Great Commission. But some people have that gift of evangelism to a heightened sense. You know, mm-hmm. you, you see the great evangelists of our times and the the big one I can think of is Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows who Billy Graham is and in the work that he did. Some others that are more modern day, you could say Francis Chan. But the, these are people who are very effective at sharing the gospel, specifically the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can approach someone, they can approach a stranger, start up a conversation. I would say... They're probably extroverted, but God works with introverts all the time. And they can push past that fear, that discomfort that a lot or most of us get when it comes to sharing the gospel. And just tell them the story of Jesus and how he died for our sins and how he can be their saving grace if they would accept him as their savior. These people with the gift of evangelism, they make it their mission. Um, it is their mission to share the gospel, to share salvation through Jesus Christ to people who need it. They continually seek them out. Um, and that's kind of what's different about maybe just the way that we evangelize. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be seeking it out, but a lot of times um, it's just people that come into our lives, family, friends, and, and we should be definitely sharing the gospel with them, neighbors. But the people with the gift of evangelism could potentially just see a random person on the street and, and the Holy Spirit motivates them or prods them or whatever to share the gospel with that person. And they're able to do it. They're very effective at it. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, they're going to definitely feel like this is what their calling is. Their mm-hmm. gift is. Um, you know, they're not going to have the normal fear of rejection um, as, you know, a lot of Christians have. The fear of, oh, what are they going to say? Uh, back all they're going to care about is is that person going to hear the gospel of jesus christ yeah i would say that evangelists have like what you were saying a strong desire to save the lost or at least a strong desire to share the gospel to those who have never heard it before Mm -hmm. i would say that oftentimes preachers have the gift of evangelism and along with that i would say the gift of faith and the gift of teaching because they're able to push past that fear which comes with the gift of faith what we've talked about and with teaching they can clearly and effectively communicate 
the story of Jesus. Uh, Phil, the the verses that I picked out, I think we're both in Acts 8. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Philip the evangelist, which is not you, yeah. but I, I bet that you strive someday to be yeah. known as the Philip the evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> so in Acts 8, chap, um, chapter 8, sorry, verse 5, it's talking about Philip going to Samaria and proclaiming uh, the gospel of Jesus to them. And, you know, he's casting out demons. And it says that uh, the people listened and saw the signs he was performing. Uh, there was unclean spirits crying out with loud voices as they were being uh, casted out. And many, many people were, who were paralyzed and lame got healed. And there was just a great joy in the city. And even it goes on to talk about this guy named Simon, Simon the Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, he was called a man with the great power of God. But he wasn't actually. He was a false prophet, a false teacher. And Philip was so great at communicating the message of Jesus that this false teacher, Simon the Sorcerer, was converted. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just an awesome piece to see someone who was making their living off of the opposite yeah. of a Christian. They were a false prophet. Just hear the story of Christ preached and shared with them so effectively that they just immediately surrender their life over. I think that's a great example of the gift of evangelism. Yeah. And, and you know, just a little bit further down in, in chapter 8 of Acts, you know, you have, uh, starting in 26, I'm not going to read it all because, you know, it is a lot of verses, but I would encourage you just to read uh, Acts 8 because you would get a good understanding of what evangelism is. Um, but here I'll just kind of sum it up a little bit. Um, you know, Philip, he kind of goes uh, a little bit down the road, you know, he kind of goes from one town to the next, and uh, he ends up meeting up with this Ethiopian eunuch. And this eunuch, he's an official, um, he's kind of an important person. And Philip notices that he's reading something. He's reading from the prophet Isaiah. He's got probably this little piece of scroll, and obviously at this time, you know, this eunuch just doesn't really know what this stuff means. Um, he's not a Jew. Um, he does, he's not well versed in uh, the scriptures, mm-hmm. but he. Uh, so what I like is in verse thirty it says, "Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading?" Um, he runs up to this man because he understands that there's a potential opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, because he's already got a person that's kind of getting this understanding of maybe who God is from the prophet uh, Isaiah. Um, and now Philip here is going to take advantage of it. He says, he says to Philip, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. Um, so he invites Philip to come up and sit with him. Now Philip has this opportunity to share with him. So they're kind of they're kind of going back, you know, talking. Um, and then anyways, in, in verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Uh, then Philip uh, began uh, with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. 36, as they traveled along the road, they came up to some water. The eunuch said, look, here is water. Uh, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water. Philip baptized them. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. So you have this kind of miracle moment also uh, with somehow uh, the Holy Spirit 
with <laughs> Philip away <laughs> after him sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. But we see here Philip taking advantage of an opportunity to share who Jesus Christ was, to share maybe whatever piece uh, that he has here of Isaiah, sharing him, hey, this is maybe who Isaiah is talking about. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. Um, and I think it's really cool. And I think we can honestly model our evangelism after the way that Philip uh, evangelizes to this eunuch and the person with the gift of evangelism that's the way that they're going to do it that's pretty close it's going to look a little different obviously we don't mm-hmm. ride in chariots and, no, no. and do those things but we still come at it with the same way of sharing who jesus christ is and the person with that gift is definitely going to do that yeah and it, that's a great story because i think it goes along with showing how other gifts are Uh, complimentary of the gift of evangelism the eunuch is talking about how he needs someone to explain the scriptures to him and philip is is given this understanding of christ and the scriptures and what's going on so he's able to to use that gift of knowledge to explain the scriptures and eventually bring the eunuch to the knowledge of christ which Mm -hmm. is super awesome yeah so phil do you want to move on to the gift of apostleship? Sure. All right, well, go ahead and, and take us away. Um, so this is probably one of the more controversial gifts. A lot of people believe this gift doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't believe that you know this was, this was just a gift for the times of the early church. Um, and in a sense, they're sort of right, but this gift has nothing to do with the office of apostle. Um, the office of apostle was basically someone who was living righteously, but also was a key eyewitness of Jesus's life, Jesus's ministry. They saw Jesus. Obviously, now we have nobody who have, has seen Jesus um, the way that the disciples saw him. Yeah. Um, you know, we just the office of apostle is gone. Um, we don't need it anymore. They set the foundation for the church. That was the purpose. Yeah. Um, now we have the gift of apostleship, which is to sustain that foundation. Um, so some of these things uh, that you would see with the gift of apostleship is, I would, you could almost say it's a missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somebody um, who's going to maybe places with challenging environments. Um, they, might, they might be going to different nations, uh, going to even maybe some places in the United States. Um, that just really don't have a lot of churches, something like that. And they're gonna they're gonna plant churches. They're going to establish leaders. They're gonna they're going to do things like uh, an act where we see, you know, there was a little bit of discrepancy with you know them not treating elders right and some of those things. So what do they do? They establish elders. Some of those things mm-hmm. put them in place and they put uh, Stephen uh, in charge of a lot of that stuff. And uh, I can't quite remember what it's in the early Acts, um, Acts chapter six, maybe, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, and it, uh, we we just get a good understanding of the purpose of what these this gift is supposed to be for. Um, there, there's sometimes people like to classify them as leaders of leaders. They are going to be the ones that maybe talk mentor pastors. They're gonna. Um, potentially, to hopefully, don't have to really do this, but it happens sometimes. Call out pastors. Yeah, um, they're going to uh, basically hold other pastors accountable. Some of those things. There might be 
you know, they might be the ones that are leading multiple ministries and churches. Maybe you could, we could look at it in, in ways of someone who would be the leader of the association uh, of whatever denomination or whatever you're from. Um, they're going to be the ones that maybe see that over. Um, and that's a huge, it's a huge responsibility. I would say it's just as much a responsibility as like we talked about with teaching last week. It, you just have to understand they're gonna the people with a, the gift of apostleship will see the greater picture at hand. They're not just going to be focused on their local body. They're going to be focused on the body as a whole. And I think that is what sets this apart from uh, a lot of the other gifts. Um, a lot of those other gifts are for your local body um, and then affects the overall body in the long run. But a gift of apostleship is going to take that big picture and then start to run with that. Whatever, however God wants it to look, he's going to kind of establish his will uh, where he wants as long as he has people with the gift of apostleship willing to do whatever he's called them to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point when you were talking about leaders of leaders. I would say that people in in an apostleship role with the with the gift of apostleship, like what you were saying, they can they can take that bigger picture and they can move forward with the lower parts below them. Mm. So looking at, I'm I'm not sure how this would work in a non-denominational church that doesn't have a lot of ties with other churches, but like what you're saying with the association, and our association which is Northeast Indiana Baptist Association. I think there are 40 churches. Go back and listen to our interview with <laughs> associational mission strategist Matthew Gullion to hear more about the Northeast Indiana Baptist Association. But this gift of apostleship, you can see churches working together to accomplish a goal, and the person at the top of that, I think, would have that gift. Because yeah. there, there always has to be leadership at the top i understand that a lot of people don't always like that but if there's not someone helping organize things it can get Mm -hmm. kind of rough yeah for sure and what you were saying with um difficult situations and missionaries i agree with that 100 percent. i think apostles modern day apostles are accomplishing goals that other people couldn't or can't accomplish Mm -hmm. and they have multiple gifts given to them in order to do that I picked out a quote while I was telling Phil before the show from a more or less uh, famous missionary who was martyred, Jim Elliott. He, he and four other missionaries were killed by a uh, unreached people group in Ecuador who they were trying to reach for uh, the, uh, the gospel with. Mm-hmm. And if you go watch the movie End of the Spear, and it actually talks about their story because... Uh, I don't know whose family it was, but one of the families of the missionaries ended up reaching this people group, and it's a really awesome story. Mm-hmm. But the quote, for the sake of the podcast, <laughs> uh, Jim Elliott writes in his journals, he says, I pray for you that all your misgivings will be melted to thanksgivings. Remember that the shadow a thing cast often far exceeds the size of the thing itself, especially if the light be low on the horizon. And though some future fear may strut brave darkness as you approach, the thing itself will be but a speck when seen from beyond. Oh, that he would restore us often with that aspect from beyond, to see a thing as he sees it, to remember that he dealeth with us as with sons. Those very powerful words. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the view, the the viewpoint of someone who is tackling big goals. Because big goals 
are just tiny specks mm-hmm. when you have God at the helm. Yeah, that's that was uh, that was a very good quote. Um, and I think it definitely plays right along with the gift of apostleship. Thank you. Um, but the verse that uh, I picked out was Ephesians four eleven through twelve, which you can you get kind of an aspect of all the gifts in this verse. It's not just apostles, um, but I think it it goes in a little bit of what the gift of apostleship oversees a little bit. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And the person with the gift of apostleship is going to want the overall body to be continually be built up. However that looks, however, um, we're talking about not just in America, we're talking about in the whole entire world, the person with this gift wants that body to be continually built up. And they're going to risk potentially their life so that that may happen. But we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. Um, and that's the gift of service. Ben, tell us a little bit about the gift of service. So so service in comparison to evangelism and apostleship, I think is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Service is kind of that, that go-getter at the local church base level getting stuff done that other people don't want to get done or that just slips through the cracks, you know, clean up at the end of the day or set up at the beginning of the day, washing, cleaning the church, washing the bathrooms, those sorts of things. Service, a person with the gift of service is filled with joy at the opportunity to just help in whatever capacity the church needs them. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they go unrecognized because they don't want to be recognized because they don't view what they're doing as worthy of recognition, more or less. It's not that they don't think what they're doing is worthy, but they don't think that it's necessary for them to be recognized for doing what they believe is just necessary. Yeah. Uh, and what well, the other thing I would say about service is, like the gift of giving, it is not self-seeking. This is a very selfless gift. You are not in it for yourself. You are in it purely for the furthering of God's kingdom. You don't want the church to be lagging behind because of some little thing that you could take care of. Um, you know, when I was looking at uh, the gift of, of serving, you know, these are people that have a genuine love for the church, mm-hmm. a genuine love for God's people, a genuine love for the ones that need help and who are potentially, you know, hungry and, and those types of things too. Um, but, you know, they're, like you were talking about, you know, they're going to fill the gaps. Um, these are people who potentially might be in some positions who might necessarily not have that specific gift, but they see the need. God gives them it. He gives them this gift of service to fulfill the need in hopes that a person with a gift will step up and come in. Um, and like you said, this is, that, this is one of the biggest ones that I see and um, and you mentioned it, is the person who cleans the church. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the most person in the church to, to get unrecognized. Um, forgot about a lot of people come into a service and just think that it magically looks the way that mm-hmm. it does. But the dust fairies come <laughs> every Saturday night right before service. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Uh, we have people in this church that clean it. Um, and then there's a lot of people in our church who who just doesn't just don't know who cleans the church, or I would say a person who does sounds, 
or, or, you know, the sound equipment mm-hmm. stuff, or someone who might make coffee in the morning, or someone who uh, gets bulletins ready for their church. Um, just those small things that a lot of times goes unnoticed, but the person with the gift of service finds joy in those things, finds joy in cleaning, finds joy in, in all those things that I just talked about, because they understand the ministry that God's given them. Um, a lot of people, you know, we've done things in this church and, hey, you know, what do you think your gift is? What do you think God has, has gifted you? Um, this is the number one thing people will say, to do whatever somebody tells me to do, mm-hmm. to do whatever I need to do. Um, and I would say it's either two things. It's either somebody who isn't quite ready or wanting maybe the gift that is actually theirs. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm or, gonna talk about that more when yeah. you get done. <laughs> or it is something that they might just have the gift of service. Mm-hmm. A gift of service is a person willing to do whatever it takes to glorify God, whatever it takes to advance the kingdom. Whether that's washing dishes, whether that's doing the smallest thing, it doesn't matter to them because they see purpose in it. Because there is truly purpose in cleaning the church. Yeah, there is. There's truly purpose in doing bulletins. Um, and then a person with the gift of service, you don't have to recognize them. I would encourage you, though, to appreciate the people that do the small things. Yep, it'll make their day. Um, but these are people who just do it because of their genuine love. Um, and just the verse that uh, I picked out here is Acts twenty thirty five. Uh, and this is Paul Paul talking. Um, but in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words, uh, remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I think that means a lot. And I think the people with the gift of service understand that it's more it's more of a blessing to them to give than it is to receive. Mm-hmm. And you see that throughout the New Testament all the time. Um, and then there's some places also in the Old Testament that um, also talk about just the blessing that we get from giving. You know, this, this, this is what the people with the gift of service understand. And they continually, to you know, edify the body with this gift. Yeah. I would, before I continue about the other thing I was going to mention, I just want to bring up who I think has the gift of service in our personal church. And I won't say her name. But it is an elderly woman, and if she listens to this podcast, I'm sorry for using the word elderly. (laughs) (laughs) She cleans the church, not not since uh, coronavirus. We are still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, and though our church has reopened, it has been in a limited capacity. But for years, Mm -hmm. this woman has come in and cleaned the church, never complained, never said anything harsh or negative about coming in week after week Mm -hmm. cleaning the church and not really receiving a whole lot of recognition for it and it's because she doesn't need it it's because she likes coming in she likes cleaning she likes making sure that the church is ready for sunday and she's not doing that for you and me and for the other church members she's doing that for god yeah and i think that's what makes all the difference Mm -hmm. now talking about Uh, The verses that I picked out, the first set of verses I picked out was in Luke 8. And I was talking about the ladies who uh, helped support Jesus's ministry when he was active uh, in in Israel. And it's really just a list. 
Starting in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, Afterward, Jesus was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses, Mary Magdalene, uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, whoever Chusa is, uh, Herod Steward, uh, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their uh, possessions. There's a couple of these ladies who we hear about, but for the most part, this is a, a lot of the recognition that they receive, the ladies who were traveling with Jesus supporting them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they were fine with that because they got to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. What I would say, and you mentioned it briefly, Phil, about people who kind of say they're ready to just do whatever they're told, and it might not be the gift of service. Be careful about, about that. Because if you don't have the gift of service and you go in with the mindset that you'll just do whatever is asked of you, that could end negatively. If you get more focused on the work itself and less focused on Jesus and why the work is happening, then you'll get in a bad place. And with that, the other verse I picked out was, was when Jesus was in Mary and Martha's house in Luke chapter 10. And Martha's making dinner and doing all this stuff. And Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha gets mad and she's like, hey, Jesus, why don't you tell Mary to get up off her butt and help me out? And Jesus tells Martha, Martha, Mary's doing the right thing. She's paying attention to me. And you're so focused on this work that you're missing it. Now, he didn't say that. That was my paraphrase. But Martha was so busy focusing on the work that she forgot why she was doing the work and it was for the Messiah sitting in her living room that she wasn't even paying any attention to. Mm -hmm. If you have the gift of service, that's great. It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. But if you don't just be careful, you don't want to uh, get so focused on the work that you forget about Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, you know, we've, we've labeled these as the gift of service and, you know, you just see that how these gifts kind of work. They don't always work together. They're very, they're pretty separate gifts for the most part, but each one of them continually grow the church, um, whether that is uh, spiritually or physically, whatever it is, each one of these continually to grow the body. And sometimes it grows it into a way that um, it's outside of your local church. Um, we have mission teams and stuff that come up here to, to help with uh, all the ministries that uh, that we do here, and they, they build, they they uh, outreach, they do tons and tons of stuff. Um, it's so cool when they when they they leave and then they they come back, and we get to see what God's done with them. We yeah. get to see what God uh, does with their church. Um, I know our pastor gets updates a lot from these mm-hmm. pastors about how their church is doing, um, and then a lot of times he'll tell us, um, you know stuff that they're doing um, maybe because of the stuff that they seen here in Huntington or because just God's m- moved them to something completely different but we get to partake in the growth of other churches um, because of just where God has kind of put us here and I think that is a beautiful thing um, and I think a lot of churches that if you don't have if it's just you you're missing out. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on the opportunity to see what God's also doing with other churches because just that thing can motivate your own church to continually to do what God's called you to do. Um, and I think each and every one of these gifts need to be practiced within a church. 
um, especially the gift of evangelism, especially the gift of serving, but even the gift of apostleship. Because there's leaders in our churches today that have the opportunity to be leaders called by God to other leaders. Mm. Um, and I think this is why when we talked about last week, we need to continue to educate our people, continue to disciple and teach them, uh, help them with their knowledge of the Bible, help them with wisdom of the Bible, and just help them overall understand who their God is in, cons- in comparison to who they are in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And when it comes to these gifts, I would say that these three gifts that we've talked about are gifts of action. If yeah. you're gifted with evangelism or apostleship or service, you're going to be on the move. Yeah. So be ready. That's super cool, though. It's it's an active gift. It's going to get you in a lot of, of interesting situations. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll have a lot of stories because of it. Mm-hmm. This, these gifts are honestly meant, and this might sound a little bad, but it's not. It's actually something to be, ble- it's a blessing. They're meant to wear your body. Mm. They're meant to wear you down. They're meant to feel like you've accomplished things. And they're meant to feel like you, you've been put in a place to do this one thing, come unto Jesus. Because you're weary, because you're burdened, because you're just tired and ask Jesus to give you rest because that in itself is a blessing to experience to allow God to give you rest but just to I just want to close out uh, the spiritual gifts here Um, there are some that we didn't talk about and the only reason why we didn't talk about them was because of time Um, because of you know we just couldn't find a whole lot of information about them these are beneficial gifts these gifts are not disappeared by any means um, but some of the gifts that we left out were uh, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, some of those things. All those things, I believe, are still within the church today. Um, these are just things like we talked about with some of the other gifts. They're momentary. They're things that come and go. Um, but the only reason why we didn't talk about them is so that we could continue to move on to talk about other things. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage you to continually seek out spiritual gifts. Continue to always be looking for ways to use your gift. Because those gifts glorify God and advance the kingdom of God. And those are things to always keep on your mind. And also something to, to just keep note of. Especially with things like the gift of service. None of these gifts are more important than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we can read about that in, in, in the book of Corinthians. Uh, just with the idea that Paul here says, you know, just some have this, some have that, but none are held higher than the other because they all do the same thing. They all come around and they glorify God and they advance the kingdom of God. Yep. So uh, with our weekly verse, um, and this goes right along with it, um, 1 Corinthians twelve four through 6 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. All right. Well, that concludes our episode of Kingdom Faith for this week. And like Phil said, it also concludes our five-week series on the spiritual gifts. We hope that you've enjoyed it. If you have, let us know. Hey, if you hated it and you thought this was the worst five weeks ever, let us know. (laughs) Send us an email at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. You can leave a comment. You can request an episode. You can tell us which one of us you like more. Send us an email. We want to hear from you. And thank you, as always, for listening to Kingdom Faith.